0: This episode of the Turf District Podcast is brought to you by the Edmonton Community Foundation. The foundation acts as a bridge between donors and charities to create a strong, vibrant community for generations to come. You can start an endowment fund yourself or with a group, and once it reaches $10,000, it can start distributing funds. Vital Signs is an annual checkup conducted by Edmonton Community Foundation in partnership with the Edmonton Social Planning Council, and it measures how the community is doing. This year's focus is on making ends meet in Edmonton. You can learn more at ecfoundation.org. That's ecfoundation.org. Enjoy the show.
1: Hey fellas, we ain't gonna ever back down from
0: nobody. I don't care who it is, this is a brotherhood. And if we stand strong together, we can't be denied. If one of us go down, we have another and another and another that's ready to fight. So let's hit this field and bang him, bang him, bang him. Somebody light me up. It's time to huddle up turf district podcast the turf district where we huddle up to talk all things edmonton elks and the cfl we're a proud member of the alberta podcast network locally grown community supported and we're also a part of the canadian football podcast network I'm Andrew, and uh, welcome to The District. Uh, we have a, an amazing guest and show for you this evening, and thank you for joining us on YouTube. And of course, if you've downloaded the audio podcast, thanks for downloading. We really appreciate it. And uh, if you have a second to share, we'd really appreciate that as well. Uh, let's bring in who is joining us tonight. Uh, unfortunately, Superfan Mike is not able to be with us tonight, but we do still have from the south side, uh, very south side as the case might be, it's the one and only commissioner, Kayla. How are you, Kayla? Very south.
2: <laughs> Very south. The,
0: Very the, south. W-
2: the windiest Winderson there ever was. Oh my gosh. I feel like my house is gonna blow away at any second.
0: <laughs> well, my worry is that it just blows my hair everywhere. It's horrible. It's yeah. That's fair. It's
2: That's That's fair. fair. You wouldn't yeah, want to I do know.
0: that. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's really, really bad. Invest in hey, that hair. You, uh, before we bring our guest in, did you know that yesterday was a significant day? Was it? Yeah. Mike texted me, it should have been a national holiday because seven years ago yesterday, we signed James Franklin. Did you know that? Supposedly. I
2: did know that. I yeah, did was... <laughs> know that. I was just trying to be a little facetious, but yes, I did know that.
0: <laughs> it's a national holiday right there. Yeah, exactly. There
2: Andrew's <laughs> well, national holiday. Put it in the that's, calendars, that's,
0: folks. That's right. Uh, well, talking about signing people and bringing people in, we should probably bring in our guest. What do you think about that? That would be a good idea? Y-
2: yeah, yeah, okay. while well, we right. have a
0: chance, do it. Absolutely. All right. Um, so I'm excited to bring in our guest this week. Um, now, before we bring him in, I am going to say, I just want to say thanks to the Elks uh, for helping mm-hmm. us get our guests recently. It's been uh, really helpful with that. Um, Our guest tonight uh, really needs no introduction. Um, We're joined by a CFL Hall of Famer, or Canadian Football Hall of Famer, um, receiver that played 15 seasons in the CFL, six-time CFL All-Star, three-time Grey Cup champion, and CFL record holder for most receiving yards with 16,352. He also happens to be the new assistant general manager for the Elks. Welcome to the turf district, G. Roy Simon. I'm so glad you're here.
1: Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, that, that intro takes me a while to read through. Sorry, I was, uh, you, you did a lot. When you, when you that was a shortened version of it. I know, yeah, I could have kept going. I'm like, this is, I'm going to waste all of our time just doing the intro. Um, so, so glad you're here, and, um, and welcome to the Elks. Um, very, very excited when you signed on with the team. Uh, tell us a little bit about the first few months uh, in, in, in the new role.
1: Uh the first the first few months have been uh, it's it's been it's been fun. It's 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 all the things that you think it would be, um, and coming to a new team and 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 turn you you know turn over a roster. Um, you know there were some struggles last year, so um, you know with with you know Chris coming in and and um, changing the philosophy, changing uh, trying to change the culture and the mindset. Um, you know that that comes with change of players as well, so. Um, We had to change over a lot of players from from the previous roster. And, um, you know, we're out finding um, new players each each and every uh, seems like each and every weekend. But uh, it's been it's been great. Um, It's been it's been it's been a great learning experience. Um, It's it's very busy. It's very fast paced. But um, I'm loving it.
2: Wow. It seems so surreal to actually have you in the in green and gold like it's quite surreal um but let's take it back and um who introduced you to football and when did you start playing mm-hmm.
1: well where i'm from um in western pennsylvania football is just kind of you come out of the womb playing football uh, <laughs> you know um you know growing up in 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 steeler country you know everybody you know, in my in my household and in, in my hometown, basically, is a is a Steelers fan. We we, we bleed black and gold. Um, so you know, from from the early days of, of me being a child, um, I played a bunch of other sports, but football was something that you know it was just you know you you just you just from the time you were walking, you're you're holding the football in your hand and and running and tackling and and um, you know it's, it's funny because now that I think about it, you know, growing up, we, you know, we, we played football almost every day. If, you know, if, if, if we weren't, you know, on the basketball court, but, um, you know, almost every day in the summer we're playing, obviously in the fall we're playing, um, even in the winters when there's, there's snow on the ground and there's snow on the basketball courts, you know, we played it, we actually played tackle football on, on the concrete. So, um, there was a lot of snow there to, to, to protect you, but that's, that's, um, some of the things that we did, you know, we, you know, football's, it's, it's like, it's like drinking water where I'm from in Western Pennsylvania.
0: <laughs> Super fan. Mike is a big Steelers fan too. So he's, he's sad he can't be here to talk to you about that for sure.
2: <laughs> yeah. I can relate on the black and gold, just a different black and gold. Not so much the Pittsburgh black and gold.
0: <laughs> we, we, Well, now we just cut out the black. It's all green now. Come on. We're all yeah. Oh, we, right, Yeah. that's Fair what enough. It is. Yeah. Fair
2: enough. <laughs> Uh, but do you remember your first year as a rookie and what was the biggest thing you had to get used to in the CFL?
1: Well, yeah, I, I, remember my, my rookie year in the CFL very fondly, um, and, and very vividly. Um, my first, my, I remember the first game of my, my rookie year, um, you know, I, I came in with, a, with, a you know, pretty, a little bit of hype and I had a really good training camp with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and, you know, um, I remember, you know, going through warmups and and uh, the starting returner Joe Rogers. Um, he he got hurt in warmups somehow, and we didn't have a punt returner. So I was like, "Well, I returned punts in in university, so I can do it." Um, but little did I not realize that um, the 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 uh, no fair catch rule. So three, <laughs> three, three plays into my rookie season, I catch a punt and my leg gets blown out of. Blown out of the water from, I um I think his name was uh, Dennis Schilling from from Hamilton. So the the first game of my rookie year, um, I was injured and sat out like eight weeks because oh, no. <laughs> because of the fair catch rule. But um I you know I, you know there was there was there was certain uh, little little details in the CFL game that obviously I had to get used to the motion at the line of scrimmage, um, the extra man on the field. Um, three downs instead of, instead of two downs, 20-second play clock. So there were a number of different rules that I had to get adjusted to. And over um, – I think the, the injury was a blessing to me because it gave me a chance to sit back and watch and really learn um, so that when I got back on the field, um, I really knew what I was doing once I once I got out there.
0: Oh, that—that's amazing! Now, it, obviously, you—you you learned the waggle. <laughs> you did very well with it. Um, and uh, twelve years, two gray cups with the Lions. Um, interestingly enough, you—you you actually played with my cousin Cam Cameron Leggo at the at. The, oh yeah the, yeah. so yeah. um so i came very close to meeting you a few times when i went to go <laughs> see him but um what what are your fondest memories of your time there and and uh and then tell us about the superman nickname in the end zone pose because everyone wants to know kind of where that came from because it's so awesome
1: yeah i mean you know playing playing in bc was was You know, a great experience for me. It it gave me a chance to set down some roots roots after, you know, bouncing around the NFL and the CFL for a bunch of years. Um, And when I got to BC, I I was tired of moving, um, you know, moving, moving around and, you know, not having any real stability. Um, But, yeah, you know, growing, you know, spreading my wings in BC was really, I think it was a great experience for me. Um, you know, we came up with the Superman pose. It was, it was one of those things where my son Jaden was born and, you know, he was really into superheroes. And I was like, you know, every kid thinks their dad's a superhero. So I said, I'll do this little thing for him if I score a touchdown. And, um, I did it and it it was a road game. Um, so he, he could see it on TV, but it ended up, you know, I ended up scoring a lot more touchdowns. So, it, it, you know, it kind of kind of grew legs of its own and kind of took off. So um, that's where the Superman came. That Superman pose came in and and, um, you know, just kind of ran with it over the years. And
0: it's 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 it really caught on.
2: Oh, man, that's so cool.
0: <laughs> a thing for your son that turns into a, a lifelong legacy, which is for awesome. Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh,
2: man, two legacies in one. Uh, but you moved into Saskatchewan in, in uh, 2013 and won a Grey Cup on home field. So, what was that experience like in Regina? And also, do you have a fave DB that you went up against? <laughs>
1: um, well, the experience in Saskatchewan was was a great experience. Um, you know, I knew that um, my time in BC was over, um, or at least coming to an end. And they, you know, while you know we were we were going back and forth on the contract, and we couldn't. We couldn't come to an agreement on, on what the what the contract would look like. And and um, he gave me an opportunity to seek a trade. And um, <clears throat> a good friend of mine, a guy who brought me into the league, um, someone I, I stayed close with all over all these years, Brendan Taman, was at Saskatchewan. So um, when he gave me the opportunity to seek a trade, you know, the only team I, I called was Saskatchewan. And um, we got the deal done. And and uh, my my experience in Saskatchewan was 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 amazing because. You know, all the years of playing in BC, I kind of envied um, Saskatchewan from afar because you know they they really love their football. Football was number one in the province. You know we you know it, it, and it kind of sucked because you know we were we won so much in BC, but we were always played second fiddle to the Canucks. And I could never understand it because I'm like we're the winning team here. You know the Canucks have <laughs> they they haven't won anything. You know and we're sitting here winning divisional titles. We're winning you know Grey Cup champions, and you're still talking about the Canucks. So I, I kind of wanted to get away from that. Um, I wanted to go somewhere where football was king. Like I said, I'm from Western Pennsylvania, where football is king, and um, that's the number one sport. So um, I wanted to go to an environment where football was the number one sport, and um, you know, when you when you win, you're celebrated for it, and uh, and and that's what we did in Saskatchewan. Now, as far as my favorite DB to go up up against, I didn't really have any because I felt like I had I had a great opportunity to beat any of them. Um, so yeah, I d I can't say I have a favorite one, but you know, there's there's plenty that I that I had success with and 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 I, I took pride in in in, in, in um in, in beating a guy and kind of sending him home. So <laughs> that was something that I really took pride in and that if, if a guy was gonna guard me man to man one on one that he was gonna there's a good chance that he's gonna go home and, and, and never play football again. And that's that's just <laughs> the mentality I have as a player. Um that, you know, I was, I was, you know, I was, I, I was taking it real, that serious.
0: <laughs> I love it. Oh, so, that's so good. Well, uh, I, I will be one of the first to say that I, I never thought I would see you in any color green, uh, m- much less, you know, that shade, but I, I'm glad you have the right shade of green now. That's, that's important. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, you, you, you retire and then you moved right into scouting and development. Yeah. Um, what what appealed to you most about the scouting side of things?
1: Well, the thing the, the, the thing for me, you know, I played I played so long as a, as a pro that I knew that you know eventually my career was going to come to an end, and so I started working on you know little things. Um, to to stay in the game, I, I wanted to stay in the game of football. I wanted to stay around sports because I knew that that's where I would really flourish. I, I I've done i done a bunch of other things. Um, I done sales jobs. I you know did some some HR stuff. I you know um, I, I I did a number of different jobs on the side. And nothing really appealed to me like like the like the feeling that you get when you're in around sports. So I knew I wanted to stay in the game. Um, as far as um, what direction I wanted to go into, I didn't want to go directly into coaching because, again, I moved around so much at the at the early part of my career. I didn't want to move a ton. Um, you know, starting my next the next phase, my my kids were young. Um, You know, I had a family. I didn't I didn't want to move around every year. So that's why I went into scouting and personnel. Um, And, you know, Brendan gave me a great opportunity to, you know, kind of take baby steps to go into scouting. I did I did scouting. I did um, appearances for the club, um, speaking engagements, um, a number of different um, things that could that could kind of, you know, help my transition from on the field to off the field into um, being in the, in the personnel scouting uh, department
0: that, that makes sense that makes sense and now you you had six years in the bc office is that right yeah 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 yep. um and th- so during that time did you have a like a good scouting story where you're like hey i found this guy or like you wouldn't believe <laughs> the stadium that i just went to to watch a guy play or <laughs> any of those types well, of things
1: yeah, you know, it's funny. I have a, I have a lot of scouting stories. My first scouting trip um, when when I was with uh, the Riders, you know, I was on my first NFL trip and, um, I'm you know, I'm going out and I go get my rental car. I in. I get my rental car from Pittsburgh. I'm driving to West Virginia going to scout. The uh, New Orleans Saints down at the at the Greenbrier in West Virginia. Um, but you're in the mountains of, of West Virginia when you're driving. So I'm watching, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm driving and I'm looking at my GPS and I realize I miss a turn. But in that I'm trying to I try to swerve over. And I go through the meeting, not through the meeting, but, you know, there's a, um, where the, where the turnout, where the road breaks. And, um, you know, I go through there and there's a bunch of gravel or whatever. So I get a flat tire, but I get a flat tire on this, on this rental car. And I'm in the mountains of West Virginia. I have no cell service. Oh, I, I, you know, there's nothing around. So I basically have to oh, pull no. over and have to ride the little small spare for like 50 <laughs> miles till I can find a, a, a service department. And it, it was it was pretty crazy. That that was that was that was my welcome to scouting moment. Um, I didn't have insurance on the car, so I ended up having to pay out of my own pocket uh, for for a new tire. Um just because I you know, you get rental cars as a young guy, you're like nothing's gonna happen. And lo and behold, it's my you know, three hours into my trip, I get a flat tire and I gotta pay for a new tire. So um, that was that. Um one of the coolest one of the coolest I mean I, I've had a lot of cool experiences, but um one of the cooler experiences is I was on a trip um a couple years later. I don't even remember. I flew into. I was going to Dallas, and when they opened up the new AT and T Stadium, um, I went. I flew in for a preseason game, and I got there a little bit late. Uh, normally, as a scout, you get to games two, three hours early just to get there and get you know get set up. But I I fly into uh, Dallas, and I have to drive to Irving uh, to to their stadium, and I get the first spot. Right at the stadium doors. So that was pretty cool to I think I might have took Jerry Jones's parking spot because I was so close. Um, and it was it was it was a really cool experience to, you know, to, to park in the first spot at the stadium and then literally walk out of my car, take two steps out of my car into the building, which is pretty cool.
0: They didn't just have a sign for you there, Canadian Football Hall of Fame, G. Roy Simon well, Park. you, here you know,
1: you, you learn you learn to give the gab when when you're in this in in certain certain situations. Um, you know, you learn how to talk to people. You know how to talk to people really nicely, and then sometimes a Grey Cup ring can get you a, a long ways. Um, there's been times where I haven't had tickets to a game, but I somehow find myself on the field watching the game. Um, just because you got your gray cut ring and things like that, um, so it's it's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, I, I need some uh, some help with the gift of gab because I just go on and on and then people lose attention. I just like it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I
2: don't get anywhere.
1: You got to be direct. You got to be very nice, but you got to be direct and tell them exactly what you want, what you need.
2: That's where I lose it. I, I'm I'm too nice. I'm nice, but then I just kind of ramble on and they lose interest. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> But, uh, so you joined the Alex in December and, uh, um, you know, it's, it's, I'm still amazed and, and it's crazy to see you here mm-hmm. with us. And, and I don't know, for me, I'm honored because I joined the CFL and that was kind of like your prime. So it's a little bit of a, a, a moment of shock for me to see you sitting here mm-hmm. for us <laughs> when you were like the lions, everything. So very, very cool. Anyway, I digress. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about the relationship that you have with uh, Chris Jones and building the new roster, and what was free agency like this year.
1: Well, I, I'd known Chris for for a number of, a number of years. Um, you know, I think he came into the league around two thousand two, so I'd already been in the league for a couple of years. Um, and then, you know, with all the years of him having success as a defensive coordinator, and then my success as a player. Um, you know, we would always talk before games, talk you know, he he, he always talks about how I come up to him, ask him if, if if he's gonna double me that night and he'd be like, You're damn right, I'm gonna double you. Um, but, you know, we, we just kinda built a relationship over the years. I mean, you know, a lot of people think that we're 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 polar opposites, but we're actually very close we're very similar in what what we believe in as far as, you know, players and building a roster and things like that. Um so it's it's funny because um, we you know, I, I talked to Chris and I'd hung out with him a few times over the years. but um, three years ago, um, at the NFL combine, we ended up having breakfast. Um, we and it was just supposed to be a fifteen minute you know, hey, how you doing? Have a quick coffee. And we ended up sitting and talking for three hours about, um, philosophies and rosters and, you know, things that gone on in the past. And, you know, we came out of that saying that if we ever had the opportunity to work together, that we were going to make it happen. Um, so, you know, going through the, going through the process of, of him being, being hired as the GM and head coach, um. You know, as soon as he got the job, he he I think I was his first call and, and, and he asked me if I wanted to come along. And, you know, it was a no brainer for me. I, it was it was um, it was a great step. It was a great opportunity for me to learn from him um, and, you know, and learn how to build a, a winning roster and, um, you know, see see how that's done. So um, it's been it's been a great experience so far. Um, and, and as far as free agency goes, uh, we were aggressive. Yeah. Uh, we were we were very aggressive in, in um in, in, in what we wanted. Um, you know, I think again, the gift of gab and the gift of um, recruiting I think I think that's one of my strange my strong points because although um you know I can you know I don't I don't talk a ton but um you know when when I when I go about recruiting a, a player, um nine chances out of ten we seem to get that player. Um, and, 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 you know, Chris gave us an opportunity to, to go out and do that. Um, obviously, you know, um, myself, Chris, uh, Chris myself and, uh, Sam Gehagen. um, we were, we were, we really went after guys and, 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 um, you know, I think we, um, made our roster better. Now it's a matter of, you know, you know, we got to finish it off with the draft and then, um, get in training camp and, and, and get this thing rolling. Whew. Chills.
0: Uh, I- <laughs> Even in your free agency, like, you signed one of your former teammates, Manny Arsenault, coming back. Yeah. Like that's uh, that one must have been at least a little bit easy because you're like, "Hey, Manny, like, come on." <laughs> like, you know me. I mean that that was one of
1: the that was one of the easier negotiations, um, and and you know signing Manny. I know that you know the thing is with Manny, um, and what what I can appreciate about Manny, he had been out of the CFL for a couple of years, but you know I. I you know, I, I know him. I know his work ethic. I know what he brings to the table as far as leadership. Um, you know, he's not. You know, he's a guy that's he's a vocal leader, but he also leads by example. Um, you know, the the receiver room will be better off having Manny Arsenal in that room, and um, there will there will be no. No guys that are slacking off, no guys that um, are, you know, cutting corners because the, it won't it won't happen with Manny in the room. So um, that's that's the one thing, you know, in, in building and building a team, you got to build a team with the right type of players. You know, it's you know, it's great to have skill and ability, but you got to have the right type of players. And Manny brings that veteran leadership, that toughness um, that you that you want in, in, a, in a player and a leader.
0: Oh, fantastic. Yes. Now, you, you, you talked about, you know, up next is the draft, but I know the combine just happened and uh, returned to being in person. And uh, tell us a bit about that experience going in in the assistant GM role. And also, uh, do you feel like you got a better assessment with it being in person?
1: Yeah, you always get a better assessment when you can see guys live. Um, you know, sometimes when when guys send videos, the videos are doctored, and you know it's you know even even just you know if it, if it's not doctored, you can you just you can't see what you want to see. You can't see. Um, how a guy reacts if he doesn't run as fast as he normally runs, if he doesn't jump as high as he normally jumps and if he doesn't perform the way he's used to performing. Um, those things that you know that are intangibles that you, that you need to evaluate a player. Um, so it was great to not only see the, see the players in person, but also see the you know guys around the league in person. you know it, it, it was tough to you know be, to be away from guys over the, the over the, the past you know two years um, with COVID and everything. So getting in, getting in the same building with guys and, and, and talking football, talking shop was something that was really important. And, and, and it made you, made you feel like things were, were, were coming back to normal and, you know, we can, we can move this thing forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, awesome. I, I, on the combine too, I, another question that just came to my mind. Um, uh, what is it like sitting in on those interviews? Like, I, I can't imagine what that, that part is like to just sit and interview a guy, but you're interviewing as like for for talent, but for the person that is gonna fit your team and all that like how how is how what is that experience like?
1: well this year was a little bit different because you know the you know for five years five of the five of the seven years I was in b c um you know I was I I was the director of US Scout, I mean director of Canadian Scouting so I basically ran those interviews but you know for the most part it was me just asking the questions for someone else's for you know for other other GMs to listen in on but um this year, it was a little bit different because it was just Chris and myself in the room with the player. And we really got a sense of who the guys really are. We could, we, you know, we sat them down and we, you know, we had it. We had casual conversations, but we also gathered a lot of information from these guys because, you know, you know, making guys feel comfortable when they walk in the room, ask them if they want to water. I had a bunch of candy I had chips and, and you know, things. obviously, you know, those guys don't they don't want to have that stuff um before they perform the next day in the combine but it also but you know bringing them into the room offering them a, you know a drink of water a coffee a muffin you know it kind of it, it kind of helps them relax and then you get you get true answers as opposed to um you know some you know pre-performed uh, answers that they normally give to other teams awesome awesome
0: wow. sorry kayla I stepped
2: on you there, but go ahead no i like yeah. that question i like to see like behind the scenes things and like how you actually talk to players and stuff. It's really unique to see from your perspective, especially GRI. But, uh, so we have the draft upcoming both Canadian and global on the same day with the Elks having the first Canadian round pick. How does the next few weeks play out for you guys? And is it harder having both drafts on the same day? <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> it's a challenge, but uh, you know, it's a challenge that we're up for. Um, you know, we have we have a clear direction of that we want to go in with with both drafts. And as long as we as long as we stick to our um, our our plan and, and 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 doing the things that we that we you know pre have have preplanned, um, I think the draft is going to go smooth, both the global and and the CFL and, and the you know Canadian draft. So we're looking forward to get, to getting it um, to get into it. And, um, you know, making our picks and, and, and getting those guys in the contract, you know, the, that's, that's almost the last steps in, and in, and um, uh, putting the team together to, to prepare for this, for the season. So we're really looking forward to getting there. Ooh,
0: okay. Fantastic. Well, let's get a couple of fan questions here, G Roy. Um, Chris Agar has a funny question, I, I think. Um, do you remember the hardest hit you took on the field in college <laughs> and in the CFL? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I, I, mean, I was waiting I for you to lot say, lot I never of, got hit. Yeah. I just scored touchdowns. Yeah, but that's uh, another <laughs> When <laughs> you,
1: when you, when you, uh, obviously you catch a lot of balls, you have a lot of balls thrown to you, you take a ton of, of big hits. Um, one that I can remember, I remember, Brent, I ran an out route um, and, and, the, inside, the outside receiver was supposed to take outside release, took inside release, and turned Brandon Browner right into me. And I saw him coming, but so I kind of turned my back, and he, he hit me so hard that I jumped up, and I was like, don't ever hit me that hard again, uh, <laughs> Brandon Browner. Um, I also remember in the West Final in 2007, um, I run a like a 16-yard curl route, Jarius Jackson. You know, he kind of holds the ball, and he throws a little bit late, but he throws it high and I was like, oh, man, this, is, this isn't this is going to be good. So I ended up jumping up for the ball, and, you know, I jumped up pretty high, and, and you know, I can't remember the guy's name. Air er, and Justin, he hits my foot, and I end up falling, and the first thing to hit was my head, and the second thing to hit was my feet over my head. So um, I remember that one. It shook me up pretty good. I've been knocked out a few times, um, so obviously I don't remember those hits. Um, I'm sure those are harder than the other two.
0: Ouch. i I don't know Brandon Browner hitting you at full speed that 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm hurting and I'm just sitting here so i that's yeah. uh, that's that's fine um the David Winchester asks how was the transition from player to working in the front office and 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 having to deal with the players instead? <clears throat> I
1: think the the biggest thing is as far as when you transition is learning to be humble, um, because, you know, when you make that transition, you're no longer a player. You're, you know, you might think yourself as a player, but you got to really sep- make the, make a separation. And that's that was one of the harder things that I had to do, because obviously playing for so many years, people, you know, you you, you gain a lot of friends in the league, but you also gain a lot of young guys who respect you. Um, so you have to make the separation that you're no longer a player. You're, you're in the front office and you can't, you can't mix the two. And that was the, that was one of the biggest lessons for me. Like guys that I played with in BC for, you know, 10 years, um, they want to hang out, but it's like, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not a player anymore. So I can't, you know, we can hang out at certain points, but, you know, we can't do the things that we did, um, you know, when, when I was, when I was in uniform. So that's, that's the biggest thing. Um, And like I said, being being humble, being willing to learn because, you know, having experience on the field for how many every years you played is one thing. But learning how to do things and on on the other side of the ball is totally different. Um, You know, as far as, you know, build, like I said, building a roster, um, making transactions um, and just doing just doing everyday uh, things that that, you know, that you don't see as a player, you know, because players come in at, at you know, eight o'clock and they leave at two. Um, but, you know, at, on this side of things you can be in there at three, four in the morning and, 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 you know, leave at, mid, at midnight um, and, and nobody ever knows that. And then you don't get, you don't get uh, standing ovations for, you know, when, when you have to, you know, execute a contract or, or make a trade or things like that. So there's a lot more that goes into things um into you know the football side of things than than just you know what happens what people see on the field
0: absolutely well just just so that you know i know you didn't see it but when you uh signed mark cordy i stood up and clapped so (laughs) (laughs) uh, i'll continue to i'll continue to do that i'll I'll start posting videos so that you can see it so that you you feel appreciated as well we do appreciate those um one one more question here Tim Capper asks your favorite CFL away city and your most hated CFL city. Ooh. <laughs> well, um uh, my my
1: uh, my favorite city to go to and visit would probably be Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, just for the food and, the and, common answer. <laughs> uh, and everything. But the most hated city was obviously Regina. Um, you know, you don't want to go in there as a, as a as a visitor, um, because it's, it's not fun, you know, getting batteries and pennies, and things thrown at you on the field on, on top of all the verbal, uh, the verbal altercations that, that you can have. But it's all in good spirit. They, they love their team and, and uh, they're, they're just trying to get the competitive advantage.
0: Oh man, that's that's hilarious. Well, not hilarious. I I would not like to experience that. But uh, yeah, I'm just glad you didn't say your most hated city was Edmonton. Cause, you know. Anyway, we're glad you're here. Um, all right, a couple of rapid fire questions for you here before we let you go. Um, what's your What's your favorite meal? Ooh, steak with um, anything. <laughs> good thing you're in Alberta. Now we have lots yeah. of those. Yeah, that's exactly. good.
2: <laughs> Wait, well, but how do you like it done? That is the main...
0: Uh, Medium rare. Ah, yes. 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 We're good. (laughs) You just got a passing mark from Kayla. That's it. What kind of music do you like to listen to?
1: I am an R&B thug, but I'll listen to anything. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, growing up in different different environments. Growing up in Pennsylvania, living in BC, going to University of Maryland, I can listen to any type of music, and I know words to almost you know all types of music. So, um, I can I can listen to anything, but I'm more R&B.
0: Fair enough. Uh, what are you streaming on Netflix these days, or, or any streaming service? I shouldn't always say Netflix. Ooh, Netflix right now. Well,
1: I'm watching three different series. I'm watching F1. Um, oh, I want to watch Netflix. that. I'm watching Billions, and I'm watching Power. Um, so yeah, so three different series that I'm that I'm watching when I have when I have the slightest bit of to, uh, uh,
0: free time. <laughs> yeah. I am just going to yeah. say, in all your spare time, yeah. Um, billions in power. I like that for a general manager. Those are good things to watch, get ready for <laughs> yes. how, how this is going to run. Uh, cookies or chips? Oh, chips all day. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> uh, who was your favorite player when you were growing up? My favorite player growing up was Walter Payton. Ooh, good pick, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah he, he did okay. He was all right. Yeah, tough dude. Um, yeah, exactly. Did you have any pre rituals?
1: Um. Yeah. I mean, I like to say that I'm not superstitious, but um, you know, I would, you know, put my put my pants on, left sock, right sock, left shoe, right shoe, tie the left shoe, right shoe. Yeah, I did all those things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> totally makes sense. Uh, okay, what's the first thing you do after winning a Grey Cup as a, as an assistant GM?
1: I don't know. I haven't, I haven't, uh, haven't done that yet. So, um, oh, you're going to. That's obviously, you're yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we're definitely going to do that in the near future. Um, I'm not sure. Probably, probably hang out with the family and party with the family and the, and the, and the, the team. Nice. Eat a good Love. steak.
2: There you <laughs> go. Oh, I'll
1: definitely do that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking uh, forward to those triple A Alberta, Alberta steaks. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I guess we know what we have to get. G All right. Um, <laughs> what do you do when you're not on the job? What do you, what do you like to do in the moments of spare time that you have?
1: Well, if I'm not, obviously if I'm not hanging out with the family and, and cooking, um, cause I, I'd like to think that I can, I, that I, that I'm pretty handy in, in the kitchen. Um, I play a lot of golf. I haven't, I have not touched my golf clubs once this year. Um, because we've been so busy with the job, but, um, I play, I played a lot, of, I play a lot of golf and I, I obviously hang out with the family and cook.
0: Fantastic. Nice. Now, I know you're, you know, brand new to the team, uh, four months in or whatever, but maybe, maybe this will be more of a projection than what you really, uh, know to this point, but what, what does the EE way mean to you?
1: Well, you know, wat- watching, um, Edmonton from afar, I knew that I, I I've always known that Edmonton, um, is a first class organization, and I'm I'm I, I must say I'm pretty I'm pretty proud to to wear the EE because um, it's it stands for excellence. Um, you know every every time that I came to Edmonton, um, there was you know the 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 players and and the fans and the community is so proud of of the EE. So, um, I'm, I'm pretty excited to, uh, to have the opportunity to wear the, I, ne- I never, thought that, that I would, you know, work for Edmonton, um, over, over the years, but, um, I'm, 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 I'm proud to say that, um, I'm the assistant general manager for the Edmonton Elks and, and, and look forward to, uh, sporting that EE, um, for many years to come. And, and, um, I, I I believe that I'm a very well dressed guy, and I can't wait to, you know, wear wear the green uh, with with pride.
0: <laughs> You wear that green and come down to the tailgate before the game, we'll make sure you get something tasty. That's that's the important part. Uh, All right, before we check out here, this episode is also brought to you by Northwest Fest International Documentary Festival, running in cinema from May 6th to 14th and online from May 5th to 15th. Northwest Fest is thrilled to finally be able to bring the festival back to Metro Cinema this year with an outstanding lineup of some of the year's best docs And a few fun surprises This year's festival is a hybrid affair With over 20 films screening at Metro Cinema Including the acclaimed Nick Cave music doc This much I know to be true Along with dozens of feature and short films screening online This event is open to the public And is an absolute must for anyone Who's ever dreamed of making their own film Check out the full Northwest Fest film lineup And purchase all access passes Or single tickets At northwestfest.com That's pretty cool I, isn't it? I was Ooh, uh, when really I got cool that off. ad. I'm like, yeah, this is <laughs> amazing. This is great. Um, I love doing. Uh, we get to do video stuff. That's amazing. Um, G Roy, thank you so much for giving us your time this evening. Um, I know you've been away and now you need to go spend some time with your family and we don't want to <laughs> hold you up from that. Um, so just let everyone know where can they, uh, where can they find you if they want to interact uh, online or anything like that and, and kind of give us your, uh, your kind of your pump of what's going to happen for the next few weeks.
1: Well, obviously um, I'm, I'm excited for this year. Um, you know, if you, if you, you know, my social media is pretty simple. G. Roy Simon. <laughs> <laughs> it is easy. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, no, uh, no, nothing crazy out there. But, um, you know, we're, we're in the final stretch of, of the offseason and, and putting, this, putting this team together. Um, we, we have a few more moves that we're going to make. And, and um, you know, come the draft, you know, after the draft, you know, there's a few more days until we start training camp. And, you know, we're looking forward to having a, um, to having a very good season. Um, you know, we're not coming in this thing. You know, saying that you know we're, we're going to start slow. We're 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 coming in guns a blazing, and and um, you know we're going to have a tough, fast, physical football team. And and um, you know, I think that that that's what you know the the Chris Jones way, the Edmonton Elks way is 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 playing that way. And we're we're you know we're we're excited for this year, and we're looking forward to uh, to turning this thing around and having a lot of fun doing it.
0: Yeah, you talked about the uh, the roster needing, you know, a, a bit of an overhaul, and you guys have done an amazing job. So we're 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 just as excited to be uh, sitting, hopefully, hopefully, at training camp and watching and saying, "Hey, the, I like that guy and this guy, and this looks amazing." Mm-hmm. So uh, yes. so great no great job to this point, and uh, can't wait to see more for sure. Uh, uh, Kayla, where does everybody find you? Uh,
2: on Twitter at Duchess Lombardi, usually, hopefully. Yeah.
0: Okay. I know. Usually, Mike first that throws you off. I know. I know. That was yeah. uh, <laughs> that's the trick. Yeah, uh, and then of course follow Superfan Mike at fifty six Parkies and the history account at. Uh, Ooh, Nice. Yeah, I even remembered that. Cool. <laughs> um, our Alberta Podcast Network plug for this week uh, goes to Speaking Municipally podcast. Troy and Max sit down on Edmonton City Council, so you don't have to. You can find them and all the other great shows at the Alberta Podcast Network.com. And as well, uh, make sure you check out Pay It Forward with Football. Uh, they are having mm. their bowling fundraiser on Sunday, May 1st, so get in touch with them. Come join us to have some fun. I know uh, the Super family will be out there and uh, my family will be out there as well. We're excited to join them for that. So come in and join in on some of that fun. You can find us, um, of course, at the... At the Turf District, and that's on Twitter, Facebook, and on Instagram. So join in the huddle there. Uh, Stick around with us for overtime uh, where we can have a little bit more fan discussion. Um, Otherwise, we will be back on April 26th. That's a Tuesday night for the next one that we will be back. Uh, We're going to hopefully set up the draft there and cover all of the Elks news to that point as we get ready for the draft. And then, of course, the starting of training camp shortly after there. And we all insert Squee here. That's amazing. Um, so for, for G Roy Simon, for Superfan Mike and commissioner Kayla, I'm Andrew. Remember you can't catch footballs with your face and we will absolutely talk to you in two weeks. Thanks for listening.
2: Find more great shows like this at CF pod network on Twitter.